Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Very happy that you are joining me today for my favorite type of episode, which is when I get to weigh in on your questions and topics that are on your mind. So look, I am so serious. If there is something that you are struggling with, if you care to hear my opinion on what's going on, get in touch with me. The easiest way is to direct message me on Instagram. You can find me there at Elizabeth Benton, but you can also go over to our free Primal Potential Facebook group, not to be confused with the public Primal Potential Facebook page, but we've got a group called Primal Potential. When you request to join that group, it'll say like, any burning questions. That is where the majority of these questions come from. So do not hesitate to do that. And one of the cool things about these episodes is that we give something away. And in fact, today we're giving away two things because I'm just in the mood for two. We are giving away two things. We give something away every single week. All you have to do to be eligible to win you can win three ways. If you do all three things, you get three chances to win. The first is leave a review of this podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcast. The other is to leave a review of my book, Chasing Cupcakes, on Amazon. And the third way that you can be eligible to win is sharing on social media an episode that you are listening to or a lesson that you learned. Just be sure to tag me in it. Otherwise, I won't know that you did it and I won't be able to have you be entered to win. So today's winner, and we will announce the winner at the end of the episode, is going to get not only an, a previous edition of our identity journal, so not the edition we're using now, but uh, the edition that came before that, which is the third edition. You're going to get the third edition of our identity journal. And you're going to get a box of Energy Plus. This is one of my favorite antioxidant beverages, all natural, that also has a little bit of caffeine, tastes amazing, just enough caffeine to help you feel kind of focused, but not enough to make you feel jittery or amped up. You're going to get a box of 30 packets of Energy Plus, as well as that third edition identity journal. So listen to the end to have a chance to win. Okay, bunch of questions today on so many topics. Somebody asked, what the hell do I eat? Somebody else asked, how do I manage urges? Somebody else is asking about getting back into a field, uh, a, a work area that you've been out of for a while. There's a question about organization. There is a question about what's holding somebody back. There's a question about guilt, mom guilt, job guilt, buyer's guilt. And then lastly, a question about depression. So we are going to dive into all of them, and I welcome any of your questions and all of your topics for a future episode. Okay, this first one just very simply says, how do I manage urges? 
How do I manage urges? So that could be, you know, I don't know what this person is referring to, but that could be the urge to snap at somebody. It could be the urge to say something rude. It could be the urge to hit snooze in the morning or the urge to dive in and eat a whole sleeve of Oreos. Let's first look at where I think it's always best to kind of slow down, step back. Sometimes these questions come with like a high degree of urgency. I need to know now. And there's this emotional buildup related to the problem. And I think it takes a, a, a lot to just step back. Let's slow down. Let's clear our minds. Let's dial down the emotional urgency and be a little bit more strategic in the way we approach things. If we would just learn to practice doing that, commit to practice doing that, our solutions would come so much easier. So the first thing I would have you consider is where do you feel like you have a lot of control over that? Whatever the urge is, where do you feel like you have control, a lot of control, great control over an urge that you have. I know for me, when I think of that, I think about driving. Sure, I get annoyed with drivers on the regular, but I am not somebody who will lay on the horn or start yelling or get to where I'm going and complain about the traffic and the drivers. I feel like I have a lot of control over the urge to be like, what the heck is wrong with you? Where'd you learn to drive? Get a clue. You know, I just appreciate my safety And I acknowledge that I don't know what's going on in that person's day or that person's mind or that person's car. So I have a lot of control there. Maybe for you, it's with your kids or maybe it's not with your kids. But look at where you have control over any kind of urge because that's going to hold a lot of insight, a lot of intel into what you can do to demonstrate control in an area where you don't have as much. So if I were to look at the example of the car and the driver, how is it that I have control over my frustration or my irritation with other drivers on the road? The thing that stands out to me that I mentioned is gratitude. I appreciate where I'm at. I appreciate that I'm safe in my car. I appreciate that I'm paying attention, that gratitude factor. The other thing is acknowledging what I don't know. I don't know if that person just got laid off from their job. I don't know if they're racing to see somebody in a hospital. I don't know if they just got a phone call with some bad news from home. I don't know. So looking at the bigger picture, it's not just that they cut me off. Yes, if it was just that, I could see. If I was narrowed in on just that piece of it, I could see how I would be so annoyed. But I take a broader perspective. So then if I'm looking at an area where I don't manage my urges as well, let's say in my relationship with Chris, I can ask, have I really mastered those two things that help me with driving? Being grateful for him, for our relationship, for his health, for his presence? And do I have a practice of considering what might be going on with him, what he might be thinking about, what he might be feeling? And I can tell you right now that as you do that, you start to see where you have an opportunity to do work, to make change, to create improvement in another area. This next question makes me smile. It says, what the hell do I eat? (laughs) I don't know what you got, what you want. (laughs) What the hell do I eat? Well, my question first is, what's your goal? What's your goal and what is it that you want to have as your normal, as your baseline, right? Because even if you say, I want to lose weight, 
okay, well, we want to really look at what do you want your normal to be? Because for most people, they don't want their normal to be the same as their idea of perfection, right? They want to enjoy food. They want to indulge occasionally. They want to have no drama around their relationship with food. So look at what is your goal and look at what relationship do you want to have with food moving forward? What kind of eater do you want to be moving forward? If you could script the ideal, what would it look like? And if we create that clarity, then creating change becomes a lot easier. And I'll also say that for anybody who just feels overwhelmed by nutrition and I don't know where to start, there's so much conflicting information, which I hear all the time, check out my Nutrition Fundamentals course. While I talk about all of those things here on the podcast, there's 800 some odd episodes of the podcast, including all the ones that are bonuses that don't have episode numbers, probably closer to 850. Sorting through those and finding linear structure can be really challenging. That's why we made the Nutrition Fundamentals course available. All you got to do is go over to primalpotential.com and hit the work with me section and you will see that Nutrition Fundamentals course there. This next question says, How do you apply for a job that you're qualified for when it's been a long time since you've graduated and the skills may be lacking? Admit your shortcomings or fake it till you make it. I think that there's some room in between that, admit your shortcomings and fake it till you make it. What skills are lacking? And in the process, what can you do to build those skills? I'll tell you for sure that if I had somebody apply for a job with me and say, this is my experience, this is where I think I might fall short of what you're looking for, and so I've enrolled in this course, or I just finished this course, or I am, you know, I've been spending an hour a day to develop my skills by doing X, Y, and Z, because that tells me what I'm really looking for as an employer is is a go-getter, is somebody who is going to perceive the need and take action without having to be instructed. So the way I see it is it's not either go in and say, hey, I've been out of the industry for a while, you know, things have changed and I might be a little bit behind and saying, oh, yeah, 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 I've got those skills. If you know that you might be lacking in some areas, what can you do to take the initiative? And then that becomes a real feather in your cap when you go in for the interview process. Next question says, how do I get organized? This goes back to the what do I eat and how do I manage urges in terms of beginning with clarity and specificity. Where do you want to be more organized? If you were as organized as you wish you would be, what would that look like, right? So using myself as an example, I would love for my computer files to be more organized. Like I would love that. Right now, my iCloud drive is a mess. Okay, so what would it look like if it was the way I wanted it to be? Every time I save a file, it would belong somewhere, right? It wouldn't just be like saved to my desktop, which is also a cluster, or saved to the drive. No, it, w- it would have a place, right? So all podcast episodes go here, and all VIP emails go here, and all Dagny Foundation stuff goes here. So first know where you want to be more organized and what the ideal looks like. Then from there, can I do this myself? Or should I hire somebody to set up a structure? Some things like your closet can go either way. 
you could absolutely take a day and do it yourself or a weekend and do it yourself, but you could also hire somebody to come in and do it for you. Then your job is maintaining it. I don't know about you, but if I had all my files structured perfectly, being able to maintain it would get a whole lot easier. But where do you want to be organized? Maybe I want my car to be more organized. Okay, well, how is it not organized? What is it about it that's bugging you? Well, there's trash everywhere. Okay, go clean out the trash and then put a trash receptacle in the front seat and in the back seat and in the backpack if you have that. Or if it is your uh, glove compartment that is all disorganized. Well, what would it look like if it was organized, right? And start to ask better questions to get better answers. Questions are the number one tool I use in my own life. They're the questions I use in my own relationship. They're the questions I use in my business. They're the questions I use with my clients. Because oftentimes we ask the first question and we just wait for the answer when the reality is we can create the answer as we create clarity by asking better questions. So to the question, how do I get organized? I would start saying, where do you want to be organized? Okay, let's identify one thing. Well, in what way is it not organized now? How do you want it to be organized? It makes me think of a couple of Ascends ago. So Ascend is Primal Potential's annual weekend workshop. We did a a demonstration where we only communicated in questions. And I talked about how I did a demo with my sister. And we had to start with a problem or an issue, but we could only communicate via questions. And I think that's just a great exercise to do with yourself, but also with your spouse, with your kids, with your colleagues, to ensure that you are not placing blame, that you're not getting stuck in judgment, but you're getting more information that you need to get a better answer. So how do I get more organized? Where do you want to be more organized? Where do you feel disorganized? What makes it feel disorganized? How do you wish it were? Who could help? Do you want to do it yourself? All examples of questions to ask that are really going to help you with that organization. Speaking of questions, the next person wrote in too. And this person asks, why have I waited so long? What has held me back? Why have I waited so long and what has held me back? Now, if you were in your therapist's office, you'd probably get a very different response here. I am not a therapist. I don't pretend to be. What I want to help myself do, what I want to help you do, what I help my clients do is create change. So I think that there are better questions to ask here. Why you've waited so long really doesn't matter. I I see that as energy being expended on something other than creating the result that you want. Because we could sit here and talk all day long about why you've waited so long and all the excuses and all the reasons because work has been busy, because my spouse isn't supportive, because I don't believe in myself, because I've tried and failed all these times before okay, but now what do we have? We just have a better understanding of your past. And we used your energy, we used your time to get a better understanding of something behind you. Now, again, if you're sitting with your therapist and you're really trying to unpack like deep childhood wounds, okay, but that's not my role. That's not the work I do. Where I would rather see you spend your time and energy for the sake of creating change is What is it that I want and what can I do about it today? And it doesn't mean that there's not a place for what is in the way, right? That what's held me back question. But I think that it really only matters in terms of making sure it doesn't hold you back today. So 
one thing that I see with myself is sometimes with work, if I've gotten a lot done, even if I have more to do on my priorities for that day, I can say, I've gotten so much done today. I can do that tomorrow, right? So knowing that that is a pattern, using my productivity to let me off the hook for further productivity, what becomes powerful is saying, how do I make sure I don't do that today? And I'm actually doing that right now. I finished a podcast earlier and I was like, I don't need to do a second one today. And then I realized that doesn't help me at all. That way of thinking is not a pattern that I want to reinforce. I set the standard that I was going to record two podcasts today. So that's really what I need to do. Knowing what has held you back is really valuable mostly for the sake of creating change when we're thinking about it in terms of how can we show up differently today. So when somebody says, why have I waited so long? I'm wondering, are you looking to understand your past or are you looking to create something different today? And that's very, very different. One gets you results one gets you understanding. One is more theoretical and philosophical. The other is more action-based. This next question says, I'd love to find out how to get over guilt. Mom guilt, job guilt, buyer's guilt. How do I always feel, how do I get over always feeling like if anything goes wrong, it's my fault? I see these as two separate things, right? Mom guilt, job guilt, buyer's guilt, and also if something goes wrong, it's my fault. These are two different things. When it comes to mom guilt, job guilt, buyer's guilt, it seems to me like you're probably focusing too much on what is wrong instead of on what is right. Because you could have mom gratitude. You could have job gratitude. You could have purchasing gratitude with a different perspective. So if your perspective is on what you didn't have time to do and how you screwed up and where you could have been better and should have been better, you are looking backwards and judging as opposed to another alternative, which is looking backwards and appreciating. But what I think is even more powerful is not looking backwards, is looking at where you are right now. Turning that judgment of how you showed up as a mom into a reminder to show up the way you want to show up right now. If you look back and judge and critique, you will experience guilt, shame, regret, remorse, frustration, disappointment. But that's a perspective you chose. So this is a perspective problem. This isn't a mom problem. This isn't a job problem. This isn't a spending problem. This is a perspective problem. How do you get over mom guilt? A, stop looking backwards to judge and start using your energy to appreciate what you have right now, what you can do right now, the way you can engage right now, how you can show up the way you want to show up right now. It all comes down to how you spend your energy. And then B, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, remove yourself from the center of the story. Because when you say this, mom guilt, job guilt, it's my fault, you are at the center of everything. What would it look like to put something or someone else at the center? How about your kid and their experience? How about your coworkers and what they're working on and what their needs are? Because if it's you at the center, then you are going to see all the ways that you have fallen short, but you do not have to continue to be the starring role in every aspect of your life. What if you make it about what your kids want and need today, not about judging you? What if you make it about 
how you can bring light and energy to other people in your job instead of making it about you and how you dropped the ball and how you spent your time. The other big piece of this is just you are starring role in all these aspects of your story all the time. And you don't have to be. You know, when you say, like, it's always my fault if something goes wrong, you are in the center of the story. Worse, you are in the center of the problem. Well, you get to move to the solution if you want. And when you're in the solution, you're not spending your energy on whose fault the problem is. The last question is one that really hits home for me personally right now. And I I love to talk about this because I don't think enough people talk about real solutions to it. It says, how do you overcome your depression so it doesn't drag you back into a dark place? I get it. And I get it profoundly right now. I mean, I've experienced depression in my life for sure years ago. But more recently, since Dagny died, um, it's been dark. Every day has felt profoundly dark. And I think that overcoming depression has a lot of aspects, right? And I said earlier, I'm not a therapist and I do believe that therapy is a big part of depression. So the first thing is like, are you getting help? Are you getting professional help? Are you working with a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a social worker or anything like that? That's number one. Number two is nutrition. Not enough people live into and based on the fact that what we eat how much we eat, the quality of the food we eat has a massive impact on how our body functions and how our brain functions is a huge part of that. I've done an episode before about how sugar is a bad mood food. Sugar is a bad mood food. If you are struggling with depression, you have to take nutrition seriously even when you don't care, right? So many people will say, well, I'm so depressed I just can't. That's crap. Because you are in control of your food choices when you are depressed. You are in control of your food choices when you're happy. You are in control of your food choices, period, hard, stop. And I'm in it with you saying that. I have not cared much about my health or my body or, you know, my food choices since Dagny died. And I am capable of making great choices or crappy choices when I feel that way and so are you. So limiting processed foods, limiting inflammatory foods. One of the the things that contributes to depression is inflammation. Inflammation throughout the body, inflammation in the brain, but not just limited to the brain, right? So sugar is pro-inflammatory. Processed foods, trans fats, things that come in a box, in a bag, in a package, those are pro-inflammatory. And there's lots of other foods that are pro-inflammatory. Dairy is pro-inflammatory. Omega-6 fatty acids that are found in grains and corn and things like that, those are pro-inflammatory. So we want to remove inflammatory foods. We want to remove processed foods. We want to remove sugar. We want to dial down or eliminate alcohol. All of those things, toxins from our water, get a water filter. How you eat really matters when it comes to depression. Other things that really matter, stress management and sleep. And you might think, well, how am I supposed to manage stress when I'm depressed? The same way that you would manage stress when you're not depressed. Whether that for you includes meditation or it's prayer, whatever 
you can do to manage stress. Sometimes for me, it's five deep breaths, and that sounds like not enough to make a difference, but for me, it makes a difference. Slowing down and taking five deep breaths, even when it's not the depression that is related to what big thing has contributed to your depression, if there is a big thing. Like, I don't just take five deep breaths when I'm sobbing because I'm thinking about Dagny. I take five deep breaths when I get an email that ruffles my feathers or when I get a text message that seems insensitive. Big things, small things, traffic things, five deep breaths, but also prayer, but also meditation. Getting enough sleep is a huge part of how to manage stress. And then lastly, I will say supplementation is a big part of it. So we talked about getting a a professional to help you, psychiatrist, psychologist, social worker, counselor, you name it. We talked about food. We talked about stress management and sleep. And then supplementation is a big part of it. So for me, one of the big ones has been um, specific adaptogenic herbs. The reason for that is they help with cortisol metabolism. So cortisol is one of our stress hormones that kind of gets locked in on overdrive. And when that happens, we just feel frazzled and we feel more run down and we don't have as much energy. And it's like our, our baseline moves up so that the littlest things set us off and shut us down. And when we take specific herbs that help with cortisol metabolism, it doesn't accumulate in this in our system to the same extent, and it gets cleared more quickly. That helps with all of our other hormones. It helps to reduce inflammation because cortisol can trigger inflammation. We talked about that uh, as it relates to depression. But some of the herbs that have really helped me include maca. M-A-C-A, as well as ashwagandha. And then there are some other things like holy basil and saffron that really do help your body handle stress and depression. And they also help to upregulate uh, our feel-good neurotransmitters. Probiotics is a big part of this too, but not the probiotics that help so much with um, digestion and immunity. There are specific strains of probiotics that help with depression and anxiety, and they do that by upregulating the amount of dopamine and serotonin that your body produces, and those are our feel-good neurotransmitters. So um, supplementation can be a really big part of it, and if you want recommendations. I'm happy to share what I've been taking because I think that's been a big part of it for me. But that is not to uh, replace or supersede the things like getting professional help, maximizing nutrition, practicing stress management, and getting enough sleep. Those are really, really huge. All right. We got through those faster than I thought we would today. Let me share with you who our winner is. Just a reminder, today's winner is getting a box of Energy Plus. That's 30 packets of that, as well as the third edition of our Identity Journal. And you can win next week by leaving a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, by leaving a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon, or by posting on social media, Facebook or Instagram, tagging me an episode that you loved or something that you learned, just be sure to tag me. Otherwise, I won't see it. And today's winner of the Energy Plus and the third edition of the Identity Journal is at Getting Healthy Lisa. 
at Getting Healthy Lisa. If that is your Instagram handle, email Christopher at primalpotential.com. Christopher traditional spelling. You've got 60 days, Lisa, to claim your prize. And yes, that is my Christopher. He is helping me mail out these prizes and mail out identity journals and all of that kind of stuff. So at Getting Healthy Lisa, just email Christopher at primalpotential.com within the next 60 days. Tell him you were the winner for episode 779 and we will get your prize out to you in the mail. Make today amazing, you guys, and I will talk to you so soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform.